All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Welcome to Pod Save the Realm. Uh, I knew I was wondering what he was going to do. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy. <laughs> we figured we'd wrap up uh, our Game of Thrones commentary that was sort of impromptu during the last couple Pod Save America episodes and uh, talk about the finale, talk about the show. We have Priyanka Arabindi here, one American who has binged all of Game of Thrones within a little less than a month so she could make the finale That's in so time. That's so cool. I'm so proud of you. I have a few questions. What do you got? What What were our initial reactions to the finale? I don't know if I should have started with that one because it can go anywhere, but I mean, short initial takes. I am mostly grateful for eight years of amazing television, and I don't want to be one of those fucking people that just whines about a show, but the finale sucked. <laughs> you know, let's just be real. I mean, like, you agree to suspend disbelief for a show because there are rules that are set up for the, the thing that's constructed that tie it all together. We, we love Game of Thrones because plot points from season two get tied up in season five, and just none of that happened here, in my opinion. Love it. So I will say the finale was not the worst episode of the season. The worst episode of the season was the fourth episode, which is the worst episode in the series. Um, I thought that the beginning was actually beautifully made, and now I'm not going to rehash the Daenerys turn and use that to color this episode. I'm just accepting that and then looking at this episode on its own terms. And I thought they did a really great job. Like I thought seeing her as this other force, this outsider commanding this incredible army with this weapon of mass destruction, uh, seeing her in her full Darth Vader mode, I appreciate it. I liked it. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought they made it work. I thought that what happened with Daenerys and John made sense. I liked how surprising it was given how early it happened in the episode. I thought it was the most one of the most beautiful moments in the series when the dragon, when Drogon is so overtaken by grief but doesn't want to kill John and kind of just sprays the throne. I thought that was well done. I'm destroys a metaphor. I yes, I'm <laughs> I'm avoiding allowing myself to believe that uh, Drogon finally turned on the abstraction of power. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as represented our, by the chair, I'm taking it our, as a... Our, our pal Andy Greenwald over at The Ringer said, and suddenly in that moment, Drogon becomes Brett Stevens. He just becomes a pundit. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> after all this time, he's eating goats. He's just like, and then all of a sudden he was like, this is a metaphor that I don't like. <laughs> so I took it more of like when like, you know, 
a character doesn't want to punch somebody, so they punch the wall next mm-hmm. to that person. That's how I took it. That's the interpretation I'm most interested in. But uh, then the, the show devolves into a PTA meeting, and holy shit. <laughs> the scene where Khaleesi is at the top of the steps, and the dragon takes off behind her, and the wings are momentarily... Bu- like, it was, there were beautiful shots. There were things that were really cool. But yeah, the PTA meeting was... Yeah, I was going to say, I loved the first half. I thought that the character arcs for a lot of our favorite characters, with a few major exceptions, um, ended pretty well. But um, the uh, the PTA... Me- and I even liked the start of the PTA meeting. The start of the council seemed promising. And then I just... The brand thing is... Uh, t- my two major problems with the episode are obviously the choice of brand and the choice of how John got back to the North. I think John being in the North at the end was a fine place for him to end, but how he got there made zero sense. No sense. The, um, <laughs> no one I, gives a shit what Grey Worm thinks. I just want everyone <laughs> right. to know, too, there was no a moment... No one gives a shit what Grey Worm thinks. I, I also just sort of... What's Grey Worm's mindset? You know, he has this prisoner that was taking orders from the prisoner in the PTA meeting. I will say, we had a... we So we, we did a live show at the Anthem in D.C., and then the Anthem graciously agreed to show game of thrones on the big screen after so we watched in this empty theater just a couple of us just a couple of us and it was really great some of the anthem staff and so, and so we all just watched it together which was very fun and then when sam gets up to give his speech about democracy and for a moment i was starting to like literally shake with anger that not only was the show going to end with democracy but that john was going to be right and i was going to fucking lose it we were all looking at each other we couldn't believe it and then when they laughed i felt very so relieved I- now i will say to john's credit they do have they they diminish democracy and then actually introduce a kind of nascent feudal lord selection process which is better than the yeah well this guy get- the air, the uh, whatever What's it called when a kid gets it from the parent? What's that called? Succession. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> they do that. Lineage. Yeah. No, so this gets to my uh, bigger problem with the finale, too. I I wasn't, like, excited. When Sam started giving his his speech, I started getting so anxious because I was like, this is the wrong way to do it. Like, because I know, the reason I was saying, I said when we were talking about democracy that I thought some vague notion of democracy would come to Westeros is because there is no way... No fucking way that show could have been set up for mass democracy of sure. just people all across the realm voting. Like, that was silly. And I'm really glad that they made fun of it and and, uh, and made it seem silly. But where it should have ended up, if they were going towards a more democratic direction, which they did, is, and where I thought they were going to end up, is, like, I love that Sansa gets the North and then all those other people at the council uh Greyjoy, Yara Greyjoy, Iron Islands had also previously been independent at one point. Dorne had previously been independent at one point. By the way, the new king of Dorne, who just no one knows who he is. He's just like sitting there. Um, and hey, they, shout out to, to the kid from the Erie who was uh, breastfeeding at age 13 like a total weirdo like out, three seasons ago. Turned you out know, that worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, yeah he's coming, <laughs> becoming an upstanding young man. Yeah, Robin, Robin Aaron really turned out well. <laughs> no, and so like no one... No one has any objections to uh, Sansa being like, oh, by the way, uh, as people on Twitter were calling it, she went for a winter fexit. Uh, <laughs> so she, go- she goes to the north. She gets to be queen. Everyone else is like, fine. And then instead of just having like one council and then everyone else having like autonomous kingdoms, they're like, no, 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 no. Bran- <laughs> Bran's going to take this. Well, but here's my problem with the- – like Tyrion gives this speech 
where he recommends Bran as the leader. And he talks about how that was the vision to break the wheel. But in no way is that breaking the wheel. The wheel was the the Lannisters are on top, then a Targaryen is on top, then a Baratheon, then a Stark. Getting rid of uh, handing it down to your done, like succession or dynastic rule is not the wheel. The wheel is that you have these like mini kings, these little feudal lords fighting it out constantly to see who's on the Iron Throne. So what we do then is we name this weirdo who immediately outsources the role of king to Tyrion to go search for a dragon for some reason who's carrying a corpse still heading east on whatever I-95. And then uh, Tyrion now oversees the realm. And like I'm led to believe that we, when he dies, or maybe he breaks bad too, they'll just fight it out for the next kings. Like, I don't think that they introduced democracy in any way. Like, I thought your prediction made a lot of sense, but and they maybe tried to deliver on that, but they ultimately didn't. So I am... Well, I think Bran is the problem with why they didn't. But I would say, I, I disagree. I do think Breaking the Wheel was, and, and Daenerys is very specific when she said it's family after family after family, and then it's handed down through succession. And so... No, no, this is the line. Lannister, Targaryen, Baratheon, Stark, Tyrell, they're all just spokes on a wheel. This one's on top, then that one's on top, and on and on it spins, crushing those on the ground. I'm going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. To me, that's you're just rotating right. the families, well, let me just not finish. their kids. So, yeah, but when when because Bran can't have kids, the next time they vote, it's not going to be. It doesn't have to be another Stark. It can be a can be a family that wasn't one of those families that she lists. Yeah, but I don't. But like then, then I think we're really suspending. Like whatever, we're all suspending disbelief. But then we we think that the bunch of feudal lords are going to pick someone outside of that group. To me, that is the wheel. It's just that same collection of people choosing among themselves. I'm going to say one more nice thing, and then I'm going to fucking lose it. Okay, last nice thing. I thought the ending was nice. It looked nice. Now to this insane decision to have it go to Bran and this council. So I am choosing to take a dark ending to all of this, that what we saw is a kind of quiet moment in this kingdom, but what they're actually set up for is just another round of the exact same war. That's what I think. The series began with a king who was disinterested in ruling with no real heirs and a bunch of very powerful houses who decided upon that king's death that the throne belonged to them. That is exactly where we will be when Bran steps down. Uh, Now, I think that this episode mostly worked, but the problem is this season has like four mortal sins that are unforgivable and even though I think George R. R. Martin told them where to go, that this was just sort of a really, they really mistreated their fans and they really mistreated the world. One, Cersei, super villain of the series, one of the great villains in all television, one of the one of the great female characters in this show that I think was a defense against the criticisms of it being so misogynistic towards a lot of female characters, which it certainly was over the years. They had built these incredible female characters. Cersei was given nothing to do this season. A supervillain literally scooching by her enemies as she leaves. Two, if you know, because George R. R. Martin told you, that Bran is the ultimate ruler of this kingdom, give him a fucking personality for the last (laughs) two and a half years. And then third, mortal sin is the the Daenerys term, which I don't think they earned. But all of that to me is, is... are the big sins, but it hides the smaller problem, which is all of our great characters became so incredibly stupid. Tyrion who was just in jail for six weeks, we know, because he said, it's been six weeks, goes and says, here's how you pick a king, guys. You need somebody with a good story. That is a subjective reason to pick a king. And they're all like, okay, we're with you. Who has the best story? Is it 
Arya, who killed the Night King? Is it Sansa, who overcame incredible hardship to become a leader in the North? Is it Jon Snow, the rightful heir, who rose from the dead? No, it's Bran. And everyone's like, okay, I'm cool with that. But this is what's so frustrating about it. In a show about stories, the only expert on who has the best stories is us. We all watched it. We are the audience for their stories. We are 100% certain that Bran's story is not the best fucking one. This is longer than Tyrion's oh speech. Oh, my God. God. I'm less effective. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> trying to unpack some of that. Um, yeah, so it, it, there's a lot of evidence that Martin does believe that, you know, or did plan for Bran to be the king at the end. Uh, he starts the first book from Bran's point of view. Um, and there's, you know, book readers will say there's like sort of evidence throughout. You're absolutely right, love it. Like if if you know that Bran's going to end up the king, like so there there is an argument. There's maybe I'll try to make the best argument for uh, even though I don't really believe it for why Bran rules at the end. The real fucked up line that they gave Tyrion is it's the person with the best story, right? Before that, he does say, "Who better to do this than someone." who knows all of our stories, knows our history, knows everything that's ever happened. And so then you can imagine maybe they do something where it's like, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it kind of trope. And then the person who knows literally every single thing that happened in the realm is useful because they know everyone else's story. But then, so that, maybe they could have done that if they, you know, did a better job. But to go right from like, it's the person with the best story. Well, you can't say that he has the best story. That doesn't make sense. But also, in addition to your what you just said about Bran knowing all of history, he could change it. He could travel through time Dude, and make Hodor the... hold the door, right? And so if this little... And I've been upset about this for a while. The fact that they did not fucking... That that Hodor well, but... thing was just about Hodor? But beyond that, if this silent weirdo could have prevented <laughs> a genocide, why didn't he? And then why does that make him the best king, right? So, uh, look... And then, he smi- and then he smiles like, why do you think I came all this way? Yeah, he came all I this way to, to question. I wanted to tear Great question, my Brian. hair out. What? Why do you think I came all this way? I don't know. You were interested in murdering all of King's Landing, you psychopath? You little goth weirdo? I have to say, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bode well for Branton's governance that his first act as king is blatant nepotism by allowing his sister to rule the north Why and no s- one else gets and then <laughs> and rat fucking his brother because gray worm wants him to to go defend a wall that shouldn't exist anymore because we were all told the night king was dead because we saw sansa you know so, shiv the no guy idea. five minutes ago we have no idea uh what happened to the those kids in the north that make night yes, kings where, where are they? they at what what happened with caster's kids yeah with the, i wanted like a i wanted some kind of blue eyes at the end there because they made a big deal in that episode way way back of uh of caster's kids of the night king giving a baby blue eyes which is not you know changing a dead person into a white that's like something we hadn't seen before oh and yeah that i forgot meant, about that but that meant nothing no, none of it. That never. That never uh, what is the three-head fucking raven? Six episodes of finale. Two of them were chit-chat, setting up characters in their final moments with each other, who then didn't die and continued to have moments after. By the way, it's another sort of like the craziest fans. First of all, a lot of fan fiction dialogue where characters are constantly referencing things they said in old seasons, which we remember because it was in a lot of trailers. But why would they? They're constantly referring to things they said to each other years earlier. Whatever. And then you make Bronn, who punched him in the face and threatened him with a crossbow like three and a half hours ago. Like, yeah, you're in charge of the money. He's a thief. He's a thief and a murderer. He's a, his, he's Braum the cutthroat, and now he's in charge of the money. Makes Guys, no sense. What do you think the Iron Bank is thinking right now? 
they invested all that money in uh, the Golden Company and Searcy, and now the whole yeah. fucking King's Landing's burned down. There is some. They're like they Deutsche have a, Bank. There they're, is a debt crisis. Yeah, worried. there's a lot of. It's like Lehman <laughs> Brothers. There's a lot of guys moving their boxes out on wheelie chairs. There's <laughs> some. There is a downgraded credit rating for Westeros. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 being there. Yeah, the uh, the Lannister bond rating is junk. <laughs> uh, can we do favorite parts? Favorite parts of the finale. Good things. Sansa telling uh, Edmore Tully to uh, sit his ass down was fantastic. Maybe maybe the best part maybe of the whole episode. episode. Uncle, sit down. Uh, the only thing that made me feel was a weeping CGI dragon, which I don't think speaks we- well to the rest of the episode, but it was really cool. Well, it tells you a lot because, first of all, you know, I think that has something to do with that we're dog owners, and so we're a little sappy mm-hmm. about stuff like that. But what does it say that so many people suddenly felt sympathy for Drogon <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, love its face right now. It's feeling a lot of sympathy. But yet we're all like, how could Daenerys have done that? I know. <laughs> he just literally killed, he mass murdered I an just, entire city. I was struck. I but was it was, struck it was very how, moving. Um, it was very moving. I was just struck by how dirty, how 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 they did Drogon so dirty. for so Like this poor dragon, one of three magical creatures impossible never seen not seen in hundreds of years one of his siblings dies because of a dumb fucking expedition to to do show and tell with cersei that came to nothing another one dies because they didn't look forward (laughs) (laughs) look ahead because they because the camera didn't look forward no one else looked forward and then your your mom dies because she has a weird character turn that wasn't fully justified and now you're alone and i just like drogon i'm sorry for what happened to you I'm sorry that no one treated dragons with the respect that they deserved. And I, I hope believe- you find happiness in, uh, you know, Volantis or wherever you go. Where is he going? I like that we have basically just a brand, the brand's first order business is to deal with a uh, nuclear weapon that is just ro- yeah. roaming around He's the like, realm. Fuck this, I'm going solo. So I Fuck believe. Destiny's child, I'm out of here. <laughs> I do think uh, Dan and Benji and I were discussing this after the finale. There was an immediate nerd conference call. To discuss every episode, and and Dan felt very strongly. Pretty sad that I missed that dial-in. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> is John on? Is John on mute? Uh, we uh, we were discussing the fact that it seems like when Bran goes to Warg to find the dragon, that there seems to be there could have been a moment where he successfully found the dragon, and we saw some right. some kind of cliffhanger. Because you know, I my my view of the end of the series was that we were gonna get a sense of these characters as the legends that they were in a world where magic was gone. And that basically happens, right? They present literally a song of ice and fire. I like that they're like midway through the episode. Yeah, but the magic like, of gone thing didn't happen at all. There's no magic left in the world. The dragons are gone. The Night King's gone. The dragons are still roaming around. Well, maybe. The dragon went off east. It's sort of... We don't... Yeah, I mean, it, Bran's warging. There's all the... I mean, except for the Night King dying, all the magic that had been in the world in the past is in the world. The faceless men are still running around somewhere, like... I will, I'm just specifically... Like, right now, in the realm, there are no dragons. There's no threat from the Night King. They present a copy of George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones for a signature. They open it up. Oh, look, George signed this, The uh, which I thought was fine, but... but um, I love that Tyrion wasn't in there. <laughs> which doesn't actually make any it doesn't sense. Make sense they, it they fought a war for Tyrion. There was some but, funny stuff. But um, the series sort of ends like, you know what? We're kind of back where we started. I kind of appreciate that, which meant which made me think that we were going to get a shot of a dragon saying like, yep, this is going to come back. The dragons are going to come back. All the dangers in, of the laying an egg still. somewhere. Laying eggs. That's yeah. what I thought. I thought we were going to see some fucking dragon eggs uh, because every season of Game of Thrones, I think pretty much correct me if I'm wrong. I think literally every single season has ended with a, uh, you know, yeah, and this was the only like one that doesn't. So I was a bit frustrated, and it did feel like a like an odd moment because Bran just is sort of rolled out of the room saying, "I'm gonna go look for a dragon." End of Bran character. So 
I um I liked the conversation between John and Tyrion. Uh, and they talked about love being the death of duty and duty being the death of love and all that kind of stuff. Because I, those convers- th- that kind of conversation is what I wanted more of in the last couple episodes. Like I could one of the things they did, and this gets to the Cersei problem, is both Danny and Cersei stopped being point of view characters in the last couple episodes. And so you didn't see from their perspective why they were making the decisions they did why they were doing the things they did and so that's like Cersei's standing there with a you know glass of wine sort of watching the destruction of the city it would have been great for her to have Cersei have a few more conversations with someone I mean she had sort of bad characters around her by the end but some mute giant yeah exactly so that's probably why but like you know maybe her and Jamie talking more about like how she lost the kingdom what you know and then and Danny especially you would have I wanted to hear Danny talk a little bit more about why she did what she did because we heard it between John and Tyrion you sort of wanted to hear it from Danny herself. And it was a good scene with John. I mean, I think Amelia Clark played those scenes fantastically because she wasn't, she didn't show that she was totally mad at all. It was like half political calculation, half mad. Like th- there was a lot of mix and she sort of played it well. But I would have liked to her, hear her explain a little bit more why she did what she did. Uh, you know, it reminds me a little bit of how Mad Men ended in that. Double spoiler. This is, I'm not going to spoil anything about Mad Men, but, the, but there were, in the final season of Mad Men, hasn't seen it. There's, there were, in the final season of Mad Men, there were just these moments where it's like, hey, get our fucking main characters together. I want to see Peggy and Don. What are we doing? Why are they all gone? Why are they all thrown to the wind? Like, show me my characters together, these well, people. Well, they did, they did that, that at I the love. PTA meeting, and it didn't work. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they well, did the PTA, the PTA meeting. They also did it at the top of the steps where, like, Arya just kind of sort of saddles up next to John, like, hey, what's going on? Well, she's given a psychotic speech in Dothraki about how she's going to massacre the world. Stay tuned. Where was the white horse? What, what happened to the stupid white <laughs> I know, a lot of things that introduced. I just, but also just, you know. Cersei talked to Dan, like another these like yeah, moments I, I of these agree. characters having their final confrontation, and it really felt like, you know, they ended up with the, they had this arc that they had designed for this final six episodes to just sort of wrap it up and just be done with this series. And there was no point at which anyone said, "Hey, we're not there yet. This isn't done. <laughs> this I, is under. This is a half baked fucking cake here." Danny doing what she did makes sense, but they introduced ambiguity about whether she was the 50% of her family that is nuts, or whether she did it for some political reason, or whether she felt betrayed, and we never answered that question. And I think it would have been, that's the most interesting part of the show, are these very complicated characters, like a Jamie Lannister, who we've loved, we've hated, we've gotten kind of back into, but he ends by being a a total prick, and uh, to, what's her face? Brienne. Brienne, and running back to his sister. You know, it's like, it's a complicated, fun character let's talk about let's talk about john who's the other sort of besides bran was my biggest question of the finale like so john is the one true heir to the throne uh a fact that a secret that a lot of people know now because sansa spilled the beans um he was instrumental in if not he didn't kill the night king but getting everyone to focus on the dead and the night king he then kills Daenerys, who's like a th- a threat to the realm, and uh, and basically they're like, yeah, you know what, Grey Worm's a little pissed. Yara Greyjoy said she uh, she was uh, bending the knee to Daenerys, so uh, we got to send you out of here, even though your brother is the new king and Sansa rules the North. We're gonna send like, and no one's even gonna raise it. No, no one's even gonna be like, wait, he's hold on, the, he's actually the point tr- of order, like. If they had said, even if they had said, like, look, we can't have another Kingslayer or Queenslayer as king. And so you have to, you know, like, they didn't 
they didn't even give a good explanation for why he needed to yeah. go north. Again, Grey Worm and all his people are going to die and not reproduce because they got their jennies <laughs> cut off a long time ago, right? So he, he's not someone I would sweat. Also, Jon Snow's only reaction to literally everything this whole season was furrowed brow and a oh, sniff. Mom, you know, so sad. His character went from legitimately someone you rooted for and interesting to just boring and annoying. And like, look, okay. Maybe we were set up to believe that he was in love with Daenerys, and then that's why watching her torch infinity small children was what didn't turn him, and he needed to hear from Tyrion that he was the rightful heir and that she was bad. Whatever. But we've been set up to believe that so many of these characters are in love with Khaleesi throughout the season. Like, for a while, Peter Dinklage was in love with Khaleesi. That was a whole thing he we thought was set up. says that at the end to John too. Yeah. No, I thought the John, the, the trying to convince John was like, uh, you know, trying to convince one of your friends that their significant other is really bad for them. And and they know, John knew it. John knew it through that whole conversation, but he couldn't really get there. Yeah. Look, the, but then I he will, got there because he uh, stabbed her in the heart. He did. <laughs> At least, look, John Snow benefited this season from the fact that he's been dumb since season one. It, so he didn't get dumber. He's actually the only character in the show that didn't get, like, like didn't lose like thirty IQ points yeah. between season six and Tyrion season eight. Tyrion got real dumb. Tyrion got incredibly dumb. Poor fucking poor Varys. Poor Varys is like the smartest guy, you know, slinking around King's Land and playing chess, figuring things out. And he's like, I at got least, a plan. At least I'm, he got his. At least he got his. Uh, told you so through Tyrion at the end. I like that. Small <laughs> comfort to a burnt corpse. Well, he did try to kill her. You know, he but wasn't in the just lamest way notes. possible. He yeah. walked around being like, he got looking. I got yeah, a weird trying to poison her. I got a weird vibe off her eyes, and that, but but like. Sending out the ravens, telling Tyrion his plan. Then, Tyr- so so Varys has a big plan to kill t- to kill Daenerys, and instead of just doing it, he tells Tyrion. And then Tyrion, one of the heroes of the show, the smartest man in the realm, overcame all of the adversity he faced in his life, walks up to Daenerys and went, uh, "Varys is trying to kill you," uh, and I think uh, it's bad. That was the end of Varys. They did Varys wrong. They did Varys I wrong. I don't agree with that one, but um, biggest unanswered questions. Biggest unanswered questions, everything about Bran. Yeah. What is he going to do? What are his powers, which we still don't know? Why was he just laying in wait this whole time? And if he was waiting to be king, why is he outsourcing it to Tyrion? Who are the fucking children of the forest? What What is the deal with the Three-Eyed Raven? Why did the Night King turn out to be such a little like punk who couldn't win anything? I mean, that to me was really... In, in looking back at the whole series, I would have loved if the ending was all the various realms coming together to fight the Night King, and that's how we find some sort of democratic accommodation. I think it would have been a better battle. It wouldn't have rushed us through this seemingly invincible enemy with one little, you know, tiny stab. Yeah, it's Arya weird that- didn't get to do anything cool in the finale. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do we think about Arya the Explorer? <laughs> I, I like it. I, I actually think where the her. characters land, I actually like the shots of behind each of our characters kind of cut between. I thought it was a beautiful and poignant idea that like we end up with a Stark to the north and a Stark to the south and a Stark to the west and in some sense a Stark to the east because Bran is warging to find the dragon. So I found that poignant and, and made sense to me. It was just that the speed with which we got there. But like it, it makes sense, I guess, that given all she's been through, Arya is so broken inside that she's like, get me out of here and I'm getting on a ship and I'm just going away. But yeah. like... Her family doesn't give a shit. They're like, all right, peace. I guess they're just the boat. Used, I guess they're just like used to having her uh, not around for a while. Like I was trying to think She's of where indoor cat. I was trying to think of where <laughs> Arya could have been. Like, doesn't make sense for her to be Sansa's uh, hand to the queen. That's just not her. You know, doesn't make sense for her obviously to be with Gendry, uh, a new lord of uh, whatever he's lord yeah, of. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think I think it made sense for her. I think it made sense for John to be in the north. What the the ending I would have liked to seen is John gets the throne because he is. We've been told the entire but series. I don't want it. We've been told the entire series that the but person who gets the throne it. should be like the rightful heir. He is the rightful heir to the throne. He, you know, leads the world against the Night King. He kills Denny. And then he could have said that he didn't want it. He wanted to go to the North. Yeah. Makes the choice to go to the North and then leaves Bran and the rest of them as a council. And, right. you or, know, and that's Or leaves that. it to Sam, who then, as king, implements his democracy idea. Whatever. Something There's like a lot that. Of other ways that would have been, it would have been cool for John to make the choice. At the end, as opposed to basically uh, them making the choice for John because uh, Grey Worm is pissed. Grey Worm's also, like, shut up, criminal. And then three minutes later, it's like, oh, that speech convinced everybody. It's also bizarre that Tyrion, um, <laughs> Tyrion is, you know, a prisoner because he supposedly committed treason. But Brant makes him hand of the king after he gives a speech and John is sent away. But also why, it's like, why does Tyrion get a... It's like, I will give you the ultimate punishment being the second most powerful person in all the land. Yeah. Everyone's I like, mean, wow, actually, that was you know what, dramatic though? irony. <laughs> being hand to brand the <laughs> brand the broken king, that actually might be the best punishment. <laughs> I was definitely thinking <laughs> that, when, is pretty, that is yeah. pretty brutal. When, when, when he introduces him, if there was if there was Twitter in Westeros, when, when Tyrion goes, I introduce you, Bran the Broken, everyone be like, excuse me, why are you identifying him that way? That is so unfair to him. I actually thought it was like, Bran the Broken? Fuck you, he saved the whole thing. How about Bran the Vision, Bran yeah. the Seer? No, Bran the Broken, because a dick pushed him out of a window a decade ago? Fuck you, Bran the Broken. Can we brainstorm? Can we come up with a better fucking name than Bran the Broken? There's no detail too small. <laughs> For you, well, <laughs> Bran the Broken. Like, okay, I guess it rhymes. Like, Bran the Brave. Well, remember Bran that. the Survivor. The I early got, episode, I'm... like cripples, bastards, broken things, and then there's like a play on the broken wheel. I think that's why they called them that. I still don't know why every king needs a nickname. You know, better than Condon. Also, than Condon. also, didn't they say in it like, well, Bran can't even have kids? Didn't they say that in that th- in yeah, that moment? Sounds, so, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that sounds I like, like that is dickless. such a specific fucking thing. Like, how the how the fuck does Sansa know? What a weird thing to know. Yeah, did they what a weird thing. There were so many things they just sort of like say in passing. Well, like we need like, and then the other thing is like, ah, right, well, there, we gotta need we need some place to send uh, criminals, so we're gonna have a night's watch to what dick around and dig holes. What the fuck? And the Night's Watch crew was just a bunch of little kids running north. <sighs> I, was, I was wondering where they were going north. From. Why were there so many little children? Giant's Bane never gets to have gets to meet Brienne and have a nice moment with her. Clearly, the one she should have chosen. Brienne ends by just sort of like I didn't writing a love letter to I, the guy that dumped her. I didn't mind her writing Jamie's Wikipedia I entry. <laughs> I did love the memes about that were some of the best on Twitter, so especially when she, the one that just showed her adding he was also a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> I found that really moving. I felt I thought Gwendolyn Christie. I thought she did such a wonderful job in a moment that could have been really maudlin and kind of against the character. To kind of she really did it with such it made, like it did make sense for her character. I think. I, well, I just think it could have come across as sort of like I don't know uh, pathetic, but it wasn't. It was. It was. I, I thought she did it with sort of real. Yeah. She just carries herself so well in that character, even even though the character itself was given this thirty minute <laughs> fucking dump thing, which was, was very strange. not, which was just um, so rushed. God damn it! Are you like me and tracking the polls obsessively this election year? Well, Dan Pfeiffer's right there with you, and he's taking them seriously, but not literally. Take an average of the polls. 
Don't forget about any one poll. And the thing that we try to tell everyone in every episode of this podcast is a poll that has Biden up to and a poll that has Biden down to, they all tell you the exact same thing, which is this is a very, very close race. The goal of this podcast is to help people understand polling and freak out about it just a little bit less. Explore the latest polls, what they actually mean, and whether or not it's time to hit the panic button. Tune into Polar Coaster with Dan Pfeiffer, Cricket's latest subscriber-exclusive show. To get access, subscribe to our Friends of the Pod community only at cricket.com slash friends. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Guys, it's been a rough year going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet you could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender do your worst but we have a better idea for you which is pick out something from the crooked store the store is stocked with tons of new merch it's perfect for the spring and classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship depending on how things go pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year or a hat celebrating your favorite pod go to crooked.com store to shop Let's get someone up here who has binged the entire series of Game of Thrones over the last couple weeks to get a to get a uh, a perspective. Uh, Crooked Media's own Priyanka Arabindi is here. She's been tweeting about it. There's been a wonderful thread on Twitter from Priyanka. Hey Priyanka, how's it going? Yeah, you're, Good. Like, you're like the How Seth Abrams of uh, Game of Thrones threads. How long is that thing? No, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty long. Oh hi, pundit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, binging this show was really interesting because there were very few things that big twists, I guess, that you probably all were very surprised by. Like I knew a lot of things going in just because like the red wedding. Everyone that one was interesting because I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't really know any of the context. So that was one of the actual surprises of this show. Because you were tweeting like, whoa, that scene was terrible. What yeah, and happened? then I was like, oh, holy shit, that's the Red Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you guys were talking about. Uh, but there was so much that I like knew about beforehand. So that informed my perception of the characters. Oh, interesting. And even as this season was going along, I don't know, like I had the inkling that Danny goes bad because that was what everyone was we talking about at about work. It. So yeah. it was like, okay, I was behind, but kind and of. And we talked about politics. We no, didn't just talk never. about that. <laughs> we didn't just talk about that scene. Did it make you feel crazy being in that world for that many hours in a row? 
No, actually. Um, I like, have binge tips. I mean, I feel like I really did it on weekends. And the first week was really strong. So I got through like three seasons in one week. Wow. What did you think about it? What, how, what were your reactions? The whole series? Yeah. Okay. So my like hottest take, I think, okay. is that I wouldn't have stuck with it if I wasn't binging. Mm. I think there are definitely peaks. There are a lot of valleys that you got to get through. And there's like so much exposition. It's really cool. I appreciate it you know, like what goes into creating this world. And at the end, it like really is this huge epic. Like that's amazing. Um, But there were so many storylines and things that I was like, my phone's coming out. Did you think we maybe spent a little too much time in Dorne? (laughs) Dorne, I actually wasn't bothered by Stannis Baratheon. I was like, no. I'm I'm out on this. Uh, yeah, Sam, was... Sam and Gilly oh, could much. could not care less. Could not care less. <laughs> um, there were just like peace, like time went really slowly for stretches, mm-hmm. and then like the pace rapidly accelerated. Yes. So when people kind of got annoyed, I feel like towards the end, maybe this was just in, in the point of the season eight that you guys were in. I felt people being like, "I don't like this," or like the latest couple seasons were weird or different or off. I was kind of like. Oh, the action's picking up starting by the end yeah. of season six. So I was like, I'm in on this. Battle of Bastards, cool. Like, I'm. That's fascinating to me because yeah. it is funny that the main critique of, or one of the big critiques of Game of Thrones throughout the seasons is there'd be a lot of people who are like, why are we following the storyline? It's so boring. Mm-hmm. There's not enough action. And then all of a sudden, in, in the end of six, seven, and eight, it's all action. Right. And everyone's like, it's too fast. <laughs> Which both might be true, but it is interesting how the yeah. how it's it does speak to like the sort of rules issue, right? If you're gonna make this like season long journey from south to north and then all of a sudden you're there in fifteen minutes, yep. like it's just annoying. Oh, they were fucking they were they were warping around that map yeah. by the I, end. They, it's really interesting to hear your perspective on this because I think for a lot of people, certainly for the three of us. We don't have a lot of appointment TV in our life, but this became yeah, that. So totally. you get together with friends and you order food and you have a drink and you hang out and it becomes a thing you look forward to. I had my one night love. of that and it was very fun. I was like, oh, I wish I had been around for a couple more episodes of this. Yeah, we yeah. do need – it is now – we are in need for a show and I think what, it, what, a, what a show like this is, it has to be violent enough to keep us engaged but smart enough that we don't feel guilty and then we can all watch it together. Mm. What were your uh, favorite moments from the series? Then we can talk about everyone's favorite moment from the series. Wow, the series. That's tough. I mean, I liked the action. There were things where I feel like anything that was a surprise to me just because there were so many, like, I knew it was coming with Jon Snow. Like, I knew it was coming with Ned Stark even in the beginning. Like, that was the big one where people were like, weren't you so, like, yeah shocked? And I was like, no, I've known that for years. Um, just existing in the internet and, like, around makes this show really hard to watch and I wonder how people coming in now like I feel like you're not going to be able to once the shock value is gone yeah what what is right but um I don't know my favorite moments probably were like those big epic battle Mm -hmm. scenes less so the last one because the last one you're just like what the what's happening although when the when Um, all the torches go out that is like one of the better moments in the whole series I think when the torches go out, which, which, where? In in the in the final battle, it's the Night King. Oh, when all the torches. Yeah, that one was crazy. Dipping. Like it's very cool. That is pretty cool. That was wild. I I I think that seriously blowing up the Sept is that 
that that episode, which yeah. I think is Winds of Winter, the at the end, the last episode of season six, is probably my favorite episode. It's an awesome one. Series. The end that of happens. that season was when I was like, "Oh, this is why I've been watching the show." Like, finally, we're yep. getting to you learn John's parentage. Seriously, blows. I mean, a lot of things start clicking in that last episode. I thought, you know, I there's an article in Scientific American by Zainab Tufechi, which I think everyone should read. I believe Michael sent it to me. Uh, because he thought I would like it, and he was correct. But what she makes this point is that what made Game of Thrones special in the first six seasons was that it was a, it was a sociological show, not a psychological show. And part of the reason the show was so exciting and different and engaging, and part of what George R. R. Martin did was kind of overturn these tropes. And the way he did it was this isn't a show about the individual journeys of characters and their psychological experience of the world. It's about systems and the architecture of power to the point where you can have someone like Ned Stark who thinks he's doing everything right, and then Littlefinger turns to him, grabs him, and says, you shouldn't have trusted me. Or you can have someone like Cersei go after someone like uh, the Tyrells, and, and you have, um, I know, you've just watched it, Marjorie. You can have Marjorie Tyrell, someone you love and root for, who knows what's going to happen and deserves a chance to fight back and fucking figured it out, and she still gets blown up in the sept because... That's just how this world worked, and that's who had the power in that moment. And and it was what allowed characters to die in the Red Wedding and the show still feel like it could move forward and how heroes could be cut down in the middle of their stories. And then it shifts in its final season and a half, and it becomes a much more traditional psychological show, which I think is in some ways, in addition to the pacing, why it was so unsatisfying and why those early moments are so captivating, because now it's just a show about these hero arcs and their own personal journeys and their own transitions and stopping them or helping them. And that, to me, made it feel a bit more ordinary in the end. Yeah, to, I, I do think to the extent that this is a show about politics and power and political power, um, you know, Martin sort of asked the question throughout the show, what makes a good leader, right? Because that who's, who should win the Game of Thrones? And he actually goes through with all these characters, the different qualities in a leader. Like, is it honesty and forthrightness? Well, no, Ned Stark gets his head cut off, right? Is it, and then he talks about all the things that, you know, like love, right? Like sort of ended up the, uh, the death of Rob Stark and Jamie Lannister and many other uh, characters, right? Like, is it someone with the right ideology? Is it like a revolutionary like Daenerys? Like maybe that's the person who's going to free people. Well, you have to be careful about revolutionaries because sometimes they get too much power and that's corrupting too. So he kind of goes, and basically his answer at the end is, um, I don't know. Go fuck brand. yourselves. Well, the answer at the end is there's no right. There's no right human qual. There's no right quality for leadership of one person because when you give too much power to one person, there's a problem, you know. But then the the problem is, and then because Bran, he ends up with Bran as the leader, and Bran's not really human. <laughs> What is Bran? Bran's just this fucking weirdo who's basically like the Wikipedia entry for all of the realm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at some point he's going to become a tree, I guess. When does he become a yeah. fucking tree? Yeah, I don't know. When does he become a tree? But it was yeah. at its at its best. It 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 and and a lot of these conversations were with Tyrion and Danny or among the Lannisters or people like that were conversations about power and stuff like that. And you're right that at the at the end because it had to wrap everything up, we didn't get a lot of that. And so it sort of went a little quick, you know? I think my favorite parts were just the the character developments that happened over a long time. Like, I remember feeling genuinely emotional about the Hodor hold the door yeah. arc. I thought that, that Tyrion and Jaime's little, like, bro love fest in the end was a genuinely moving oh, that was a great scene and, and it was amazing scene. to watch where they like especially this is all really fresh in my mind because it's like a month ago for me but like 
to watch season one and be like, oh, you hate them, season one. Yeah, and it's yeah. like kind of amazing to watch those characters. Yeah, for absolutely. Redeem and, themselves and also in your like mind. Early on when Khaleesi was transitioning from the horrible situation with the Dothraki to being the boss that was beloved and like on the up, that was an exciting, fun time where you wanted to root for her. And everyone had a favorite for a while. And you're like, fuck yeah, Khaleesi's going to win this thing. Yeah, yeah that was I, I, I agree. Like I, I watched them all leading up to this too. And it was amazing to go back and watch the very first episode. Because you really see how much was set in motion in those first moments. And it's partly why this ending is so disappointing. It's you meet all the wolves. You meet this whole world. You kind of are introduced to all these characters. And then you watch them really change and grow, which you've never seen on a show before. Not like this. And, like, that's, you know, one of the most poignant moments to me is when uh, Sansa hugs Theon, of all people. Because yeah. you actually don't know what her reaction yeah, is right. going to be to him. And she's genuinely happy to see him. And so, I thought, and, and you know, another moment I think do captures the show is Arya getting so close to seeing her family right before the Red Wedding. That was awful. And the hound grabbing oh, her so and bad. saying, it's already over. They're dead. You know, we got to go. Um, because it did capture the kind of tragedy of this world where you're not in control of your destiny, that there are forces larger than you that are operating in this world. And that, you know, that is something I do. Like, I hope people take that in how... I would like to see more of that. I do think that that's why Game of Thrones was ultimately so successful beyond all the magic and the expense and everything else is that it really did say what happens if we explore a world where the politics actually dictates outcomes the way it does in our actual world. And it's not just about heroic individuals. And that it's always messy. And it's messy. And that's what I did, even though getting there was a mess and there's a lot of weird parts about the finale. Tyrion and the small council sitting around the table at the end, basically having um, what EJ, who works here at Crooked Media, uh, called Infrastructure Week. So (laughs) they're just talking about the sewers and this and how they're going to fix all this. I liked it because it basically, I mean, as as you were saying, Lovett, maybe all this bad stuff happens again now with Bran as king, right? Which which they leave as very possible. It's not like, it's not a happy ending in that like, you know, now politics is going to be wonderful in the realm, right? But it does go to show that, like, there is just the messy business of governing that they get to that is, like, not that sexy, that they're all just trying to work things out, <laughs> and, and that they're fallible, and they're probably going to fuck up again. And and that's all the, that makes it all the more powerful and poignant, where in a world where being a hero doesn't always count, that individuals actually still can... Move shape history. And shape things, even despite, like, despite the power system. Actually, the thing that's on right now that I think... It's it's odd, but Chernobyl, which is hard to watch but really worth watching, actually explores a lot of this in the same way, like individuals in a broken system in which the system is dictating all kinds of heinous outcomes are trying their best to help people and be human in a communist Soviet system. And so I just it's interesting to see other explorations of that same theme. But I do think it's actually part of this moment in peak TV where we're seeing people try to find other ways to tell stories because we're so saturated by so many different versions of the the anti-hero overcoming the odds because they're, you know, yeah. trying well, to and, sell drugs. And <laughs> it, also, it also is a show that we've had heroes for a long time in television. Then we had sort of the anti-hero, you know, uh, era. And this is a show that said no one is purely evil or purely good. <laughs> and that everyone has some evil and some good in them. And the fact that we can go from hating characters, <laughs> you know, like Jamie Lannister pushes Bran out of a fucking right. window. Yeah. Right. And at the end, we're like, this ending wasn't good enough for Jamie. We love Jamie. Yeah. Theon I mean, that's, went on that's, a journey, too. Yeah. Yeah. Theon, too. We're Theon. That's right. really good storytelling that you can actually feel for these people. And and then Daenerys went the opposite way. I saw Theon getting lunch in West Hollywood. No big deal. That's cool. Didn't say hi. Didn't want to bug him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we saw, yeah, you, you know, the, uh, we saw, remember when we were on, uh, we were on yes. uh, Chelsea Handler's show and we saw Sam. Yeah, he was so nice. Little did he know his pitch for democracy would be <laughs> scoffed at like a so Mitch funny. McConnell profile. Who was, who's do- who, who's the guy who said maybe my dog will vote for people yeah. too? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was the that was Uncle uh, Uncle Aaron, un- Uncle Tarly, Uncle Tar- Uncle <laughs> who got shot down given his fucking. I'm a general. I have experience. That was so <laughs> oh, that was, that was so great. That was, the fact that giving that speech was ridiculous. The fact that Sansa told him to oh, sit amazing. down was yeah. so fucking. It was perfect. Great. The speech, yeah, it was. It was. Sit, it felt down, like uncle. a uh, you know JJ speech. <laughs> It was good. Any last thoughts from everyone? Oh, yeah. I'm my biggest seems sounds lame to say this is my biggest gripe with the whole series. Do you remember the period of time where the dragons were like in the catacombs and it seemed mm-hmm. almost like Daenerys was like scared of them because she couldn't control kid. them? Yeah. They killed the kid. Like what Came were they? A long way. She couldn't really yeah. <laughs> we never got to see like how she actually trained or them the or got them to do what she was saying. Uh-huh. That's like I don't know. She seemed fairly in control of them. She just kind of ends up on their back at one point and like she's flying them around and directing them. Like there was a point in time where they took no direction yes. and we saw nothing about them. In my how mind, they, they were teens. And, and yeah, but like, like angsty you little don't... acne teens. Yeah, and then they just kind of like were like, okay, cool. We're going to shift to like Sam or whatever story is irrelevant. And then we come back and they're like, okay, fine. Yeah. Like we're good. They also, do what we say. Arrow avoidance went from very hard to very easy and we never really learned why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But then they figured out how to burn a throne down. Yeah. And then so, he just <laughs> flew off with his dead mom. I also don't, you know. Yeah, then fire fire melts stones and knocks them over like uh like a like a hose or something. Yeah, the um the variable the elastic quality of dragon uh uh dragon powers and dragon strength is uh was definitely frustrating. But I I tried to put that aside because there were so many other things that were worse. Uh, any and other, the night any other final thoughts? I, I want to say something nice about the show. I do. Like, I loved Game of Thrones. And it actually really bothered people. Like, I can't believe you guys love this show so much. Why do you care so much? Like, I liked it. I thought it was a cool show. Is that I, a straw man? Who says that? People, you know, there's like the Twitter voice. are like, uh, are you guys done watching your dragon You're show now? You're in your it's mentions like, too much. Wow. I feel like it's very overwhelming. Like, people love this show. Dragon, didn't you hear he took uh, Twitter off his phone? I thought he put it back on. It's back. Yeah, of it's course back. It but, but no, it really is. And, and I know I made fun of them a bit. But like... Game of Thrones was an incredible achievement and it does it is worth like even though I think the last season was a fucking disaster like it was an incredibly difficult and amazing thing that they pulled off like this was an almost unadaptable book and story and I think part of quite literally since it's not done yeah (laughs) yeah it's not even done and I think probably George R. R. Martin is struggling to give it an ending that it deserves so I I do do think that they did something incredible and it is an incredible world that they built and I loved it and I'm glad I got to watch it and we should all find something to watch together again. Yeah, and I think that part of the reason that you hear so many complaints and uh, is because people care about the show so much. If if people didn't care about it or love the show, no one would give a shit if things didn't make sense. <laughs> right, yeah, we love these characters. We wanted it to tie up in a way that felt smart and creative and uh, I think kind of paid off our fandom over the course of a decade and I don't think it delivered on the latter point and that's why people are a little bummed but I loved the show too. I'll never regret watching the show. No, I loved it and I, I could see myself watching the whole thing again in a couple of years. Wow, like Priyanka. Maybe not as Maybe not as fast as Priyanka did but well, well, I, I, have... could, I could get into it again. I'd love to go. I almost want to go back and read the books. As you know, I don't read so that's probably not going to happen. I'm going to read the books. If, he, if George R. R. Martin finishes the books, I'm going to read the books but I'm not going to read the books until another book comes out. That's because, smart. Because I'm not going to You want to be sitting there waiting for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do that. Come on, George. You're in Santa Fe. Type, type, type. All right. That's all the time we have for today. 
<laughs> Next episode, we go back to uh, talking about American politics. But obviously, if you want to help, if you want to get involved, go to <laughs> votesavewesteros.com slash donate. There's a, um, a Jerry, there's a, it's a fuck Jerry fund. Dragon it's, Mandarin. It's because of fuck Lord Jerry <laughs> of the Reach. <laughs> if you want to bring John back to the throne. <laughs> um, now we have two hours to buy votesavewesteros.com. <laughs> Did we do it? Find out. All right, everyone. Bye. <laughs>